Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple Film. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast, except when we're not. And that's one of these weeks. And Matt, why don't you introduce what we watched in the theater? We watched The First Purge. Citizens, this will be a tradition we celebrate every year. Join The First Purge. Come say bye. Go do your thing, sis. Always. I'll see you tonight. People are now calling this controversial experiment of legalized crime the purge. Do not purge! Do not purge! You and Isaiah, just stay with me doing the purge. Oh, we're gonna be fine on our own. We are here with Dr. May Updale. She came up with this experiment. Is the purge a political device? It is a psychological one. If we want to save our country, we must release all our anger in one night. Tonight, we'll see the good and evil in everyone. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the first purge. Our neighborhood is under siege from a government who doesn't give a shit about any of us. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. There's a lot of good people out there who we're going to have to protect. All emergency services will be suspended. We got to be prepared for anything. Your government thanks you for your participation. Parties, you predicted a much higher level of participation. Human nature does not obey the laws of politics. What the hell is going on? ex-military. Something funky going down, D. You're sending soldiers into the island disguised as citizens. This country needs for this to work. No one's coming to help us. After tonight, nothing will ever be the same again. They forgot about one thing. They forgot about us. What have I done? Stay strong, I'm coming. Just remember all the good the purge does. And this week, we're joined by a special guest. You're gonna say Katie's name? <laughs> I was actually leading for you to do it. Like I was like, you gave me a bounce off, I gave you a bounce off. Whatever. Katie, introduce yourself. Say hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the, the first purge. Can we just say right away that this name is really annoying? Because when you ask, when someone asks you, "Oh, what'd you watch?" Oh, the first purge. Oh, okay. What the? What is the first one? I'm like, no, no. Well, I actually watched the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> not the actual first one from 2014. So, what did, what did we think about this initial thoughts? One, I mean. When I think of the name The First Purge, it almost makes me think of someone who is just starting out on an eating disorder. And um, this is where they, you know, this is their gateway into that. This actually made me throw up a little bit because I wasted <laughs> that much time on this film. So to segue into that, I mean, I just, honestly, I thought they missed the mark. I thought it was messy. I thought they really had a chance to get into horror and really like blow us away with stuff that was happening and in a scientific scientifically speaking um you don't have you like you don't base a hypothesis on one trial so the fact that this was the first purge and like oh look it's a success it's like Technically, you need to, you know, do some more research and see. It's like, okay, did crime go down? Did the unemployment go down? All this stuff. But no, no. It's like, look, a bunch of people killed each other. It's success. Like, so we're going to base this on the nation. I'm like, that's not how science works. So, yeah, there was that aspect of it, too. <laughs> yeah, the pseudoscience in this was yes. fantastic. Uh, and, and not in a good way. I, I think I'm more on your side where I left the theater kind of like, uh, 
well, that was kind of a waste of time. And at one point, I did check my watch a couple times, and I got a yawn. Yeah. Because the setup at the very beginning was sort of interesting with the really extreme close-ups on the faces. Extreme yeah. close-ups on the faces. It kind of made you feel a little uncomfortable. But I, I liked that. I was like, okay, you know, let's see what we got here. And then we get into the second act, which turns into mumble-jumble of like, the white people are coming to get all the brown people. And it was like the complete opposite of uh, a canon film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt, I know yours is going to be different, so just yes. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, and this will be a good segue so we could talk about the, the his, their history yeah. with the franchise. Yeah. But I actually loved this movie. I really did. I had such a good time with it. But, so here's our segue. I'm not big on the other ones. I haven't even seen the third one. I, I just haven't even seen it. I've seen it, and I don't remember much about it. Like, it's just gone from my mind already. I just felt like it was one of those films that... But, I, I wanted to yeah. see it. I just like it just like got by me. You know, I was like, oh, that looks good, and then I just never saw it. And then like, I'm never like, oh, let's put in a purge movie. <laughs> you know? Well, it's changed since the first one. The first one was like a home invasion movie right. where they use the purge as a backdrop for an excuse of like yuppies in mass breaking into rich white suburban. Mm. What was Ethan Hawke's character? He was like selling security. Right. Yes. Yeah. So he had the most secure home, and someone gets it. Yeah, basically, and I think there was a little bit of social commentary. In yeah, because they yes. bring yeah. in the the like uh, what is he a black veteran or something like that? They bring him into the house. The kid lets him in. Yes, something like something along those lines. So then you get yeah. that little bit of commentary. I just thought that one was okay. I actually kind of thought that one was boring. The first one. I kind of like the second one. Second one was pretty fun. I thought. Yeah, the first one, it was just like everyone, if this was real, everyone would do their worst. I think that was like what they're thinking. Like if there was no rules, everyone would break them, which I don't think would really happen. And I think the first Purge, the prequel. um, (laughs) This new Purge. Yes. (laughs) Like definitely was showing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The very beginning of that shows that like how humanity probably would react, like just taking shit from ATMs and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I actually love that because that's exactly what I thought. I go, man, the bank's better taking all that cash out. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one turned into like an action film. Yeah. Yes. And I really enjoyed the second one because it was having fun. Yeah, it was more fun. And it was over the top. Uh, I'm sure there was some social commentary in it, but I don't remember. It was a, well, and it was a revenge film for Frank Grillo because his son had been uh, spoilers, sorry, anyone who hasn't seen a movie from five years ago, um, or longer, um, this, his son had been killed in a car accident, and then he was actually going to purge and kill the person who had killed his son, but then all of these people, one of the things I hate about that second one is that if you got to go to the grocery store, you do it on the night of the purge, what are you doing? Oh, no, and then our car broke down well you idiots why are you it's like who can, are you gonna starve are you gonna starve that night like why are you going out yeah that's kind of what they do with these purge movies the characters constantly make like the worst decisions, decisions possible yeah. and yeah it gets it's one of those just, you know you roll your eyes at it constantly but I, I, and then the third one like i said i don't remember anything i know there's an election or there's it's just like i watched it with a friend like we rented it maybe from a red box and now it's gone so it really did not leave an impact at all. Well, the third one basically was kind of um, trying to end the purge because they got sick and tired of, you know, people like killing each other and how that doesn't solve anything. Like, you know, because one of the things with this one, like freeing violence, like act violently free, free of consequence. Um, one of the things I don't understand about these purge movies is that it's Hunger Games mixed with Battle Royale. And the thing is with Battle Royale is that you know these people and you're going to see them the next day. Just because you got away with the crime, you still have to see them like 364 days, like 364 days the rest of the year. And that's yeah. one of those things that it's like you can do anything you want to them, but then you basically have to kill them because, I mean, you're going to get the repercussions. But with the third one, it's like, the senator was like, you know, we need to stop it. Like, this doesn't help anybody. My family got killed. Other families are getting killed. Like, we need to stop because it doesn't 
make any sense. Yeah, that's kind of what I've always had a problem with the Purge movies, even though I do find it kind of interesting uh, with the idea, but I don't buy it at all. Like, it actually happening, and especially it happening over and over, because after a while, like, uh, there's, I mean, people would just not care. Like, oh, you just killed my family yesterday? Well, I'm going to kill you today. Yeah. It would just, it would turn into anarchy. But it's an interesting concept. It's a good way to sell tickets, so I got that. That's why I like the second one the most, because it was just, like, over-the-top, stupid, kind of like canon almost. Where it's just like, oh, bang, bang, boom, boom. We've got all these crazy masks. And didn't they have, like, guns that were painted American? Yeah. Like an American flag in one of them? Was that the third or second? It's in one of them. It's one of them. I forget the one where they had, like, purge tourism that I liked. I think that was the (laughs) third one where people will come in from other countries to purge, like, in America and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, God. See, I mean... America wants to get that kind of thing going. That's that's actually dangerous because if anything, I could see that happening very much so. Well, that can seg- I think that was the third one. Yeah, that can segue into the prequel we just watched. So I guess we can get into breaking down on this. Is mm-hmm. the first act introduces us to all of our our characters in Stanton Island, yeah. which I thought was interesting that they chose an island. I was like, okay, that's clever. I get that they can kind of like get it away from the mainland in a way. So, all right, I bought that, which is tough to buy a lot of things in this film. <laughs> but so you get that and then you get all this pseudoscience with Marissa Tomei, which is almost a completely useless character other than the her cameo, basically. Yeah. yeah. With her pseudoscience, just like I'm going to do this experiment with these just, I don't know, chief of staff, whatever his name, the I call him fat face, the chubby yes. face guy. Yes. Uh, just perfect example yeah. of like doughy white government person. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> he did. When you see his face, I was like, oh, I want, I want to punch you. Yeah, like, good like, casting. I just want to punch him. <laughs> good casting. That's so true. You do. <laughs> he would be the guy that like would come to your family picnic or whatever and like bring a six pack only for himself. Yeah, you know, and like, then criticize everything you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you here. Um, so yes, you are. But uh, we get introduced to some characters that the kid who's selling drugs on the corner. I thought we were going to follow him a lot in this film because they set it up that way. You're like, okay, you're going to kind of be maybe our possible hero in this. I was wrong. <laughs> it immediately turns to the drug kingpin who becomes the hero of Staten Island. Yes. Which also was helping destroy Staten Island. And Oh, the irony. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we have other uh, couple interesting characters. The one funny one, uh, Dolores. Dolores is great. <laughs> Thank she's, God she was in this film. Yes, she's one of my um, highlighted people that I actually did like. Yeah, because that's she lifted the levity in this because I had a packed theater in uh, where I was watching it, and it was a very quiet theater for the most part, except when she spoke, because she's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this actress is, but get her in more things because she was spot on with her timing. Well, and she also had some of the best lines, yeah. like in the most realistic lines, like "Hey, thanks for waiting for me, guys." I'm like running around my neighborhood. Crap my pants. Yeah. It's like, thanks for that. And it's like, damn, Doris, like, you kept it real. <laughs> I mean, she crapped her pants, everybody. She didn't have a good night. <laughs> oh, and then when they're running around the streets, oh, man, I was like, get in a building. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had Skeletor in this, which, again, I thought was going to be, like, the main baddie because I thought this film was going to be, like, a slasher with him falling these characters around and it was going to be maybe them trying to survive Skeletor the whole time which has got a nasty face yeah good casting and good makeup I, f- I fucking love this character I, I just it's so cheesy but like in the right yeah. way like in the right way possible but he's it's a, so over the top I was just like yes give me more of this yeah he's good to cheer against yeah you we had a bad guy where everyone could like it doesn't matter how over the top your bad guy is as long as the entire crowd can be like you're bad, and I want you going down. <laughs> Even though I might kind of like to watch your craziness. That's that's the thing. I think I think in these type of movies, like uh, pretty much all of like these Purge and um, I, I'm gonna go and just say like all of the Blumhouse movies, like all those very low budget serious horror movies, we never get like these over the top villains like this, like these cartoony villains. It was really refreshing and fun to see in this movie. 
I had problems with this movie where it's like sometimes you've got amazing fight scenes and then sometimes you've got complete like complete scenes where it's like it's like all out of focus it's like the director was like okay I'm gonna do this one really well we've got this is this and then it's like okay guys I'm gonna go to lunch why don't you just like set this here and then you guys do your thing if it's out of focus no big deal because like um with the laundromat scene I had a big problem with that that it was like I feel like it was 90% out of focus the entire time. But then you've got scenes with, what is it, like the smoke screen scene where Dimitri and his gang are doing stuff. And I'm like, damn, this is one of the best fight scenes I have seen all year. We need more of this. I thought Dimitri, although he was supposed to be in stereotypical fashion, the not great person to have in the neighborhood, and he's the one who's actually trying to save the neighborhood, it was a benefit to the film that they had him as lead actor because he definitely was one of the best actors in the movie. Like, I know the guy yeah. that you thought was going to be kind of a lead. I thought he was kind of weak. I thought the um, actress that played Naya was not very good and not very believable. But, um, yeah, definitely Dolores was believable. And Steve Harris, who, you know, was one of the, you know, old guys in the neighborhood who yeah. ran the laundromat, like... I'm surprised to see him in this because he's an accomplished actor and he had a very small, I don't know. It's like they gave many of the accomplished actors like Marissa Tomei, you got an Oscar. And that it's like, I feel like you're just crying looking at that Oscar after you did this movie. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why she's in this. <laughs> it's cause she, I mean, is she really hurting for work? Do they pay her really well? Maybe they probably paid her really or she just wanted to do a Blumhouse movie because they're like, oh, they're all they're all getting famous again, or like re-famous for yeah. doing these low-budget horror things. Maybe I don't know second career rejuvenation or whatever. The fourth purge. You think yeah, that's the I, one I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea why. Uh, I I sort of I sort of liked the choice of having the accomplished actors be the side characters. It reminded me of like like. 90s urban thrillers where you'd have these stacked cast you know of all you know white black asian whatever you have these stacked cast and everyone was an actor you know like it reminded me of that sort of thing but they're putting the leads as like these young fresh faces which is different obviously than those 90s thrillers but like um it reminded me of that with having those people in in these roles i and i actually liked some of the new cast i i liked i actually liked naya and this, I I agree with you on the the brother. Mm-hmm. He wasn't yeah he wasn't that strong, um, but he had a good face of like innocence. You know yeah. I feel like that's why he but he wasn't that strong of an actor. Yeah. Uh, but I I liked that. I felt like she was besides like her look, which was obviously just like cool and she's really pretty and everything like that. She carried like she had this air of cool around her as well. And I I, I don't know I I couldn't take my eyes off of her when she was on screen. But yeah, the brother. Eh. Yeah, well, it's like almost the film realized after the little fight. So once they start the purge in the middle, the 12 hours, the experiment, we find out all these poor people from this bad community are, if they stay, they get $5,000. If they participate by putting in the contacts so they can watch, then they get more money. So basically drop your morals for money. That, that's this whole thing. And, yeah. and it's a social experiment in a way. It's... And then we get into it, and the purge isn't going as well. But it sets up Skeletor as our main baddie. He comes in, he starts, you know, he gets the first purge by stabbing a guy who's trying to break into an ATM. And then we get him going to a block party, which I thought was hilarious because... That's probably what would happen in, like, you know, a young neighborhood. And they're yeah. like, wait, no rules? Let's just party in the street? Let's yeah. get yeah. stoned and, like, cuss out. I thought people would be, like, cussing out the cops or something like that. Because, like, maybe, like, go to the bridge where all the cops are blocking. Because right there, you could just throw shit at them. It's, it's legal. I thought there would be stuff like that, but they didn't put that in. It basically just turns into, once he stabs people at this block party, then it goes chaotic. And you could see a chubby face get, like, a little woody because he's like, oh, the purge is the beginning. Yay! (laughs) And then it doesn't go well, and then we get more pseudoscience of, like, why it should start hard and then slow down after, you know, time. And she's like, why isn't this working? And I'm like, 
because it's the government and you know what this movie's going to do it's going to set this up where they put people in to make chaos like this was so obvious and to me i'm like this would be so easy to figure out like this would get broadcast everywhere now if you would have had people not believe it on social media which we put up with now like you're entitled to your own opinion but you're not entitled to your own facts but people still don't care about that i thought maybe they're going to shove that in here and then it could reflect how we look at life now mm-hmm. but it no no instead it just turns into like we're going to dress up like cops like kkk members which i didn't get if they really were or just like they were all mercenaries dressed up like that yeah i know and then you've got the like leather bound nazi reich outfits and stuff like that yeah that yeah like on. the ss uniforms yeah yeah like heavy ss and then you got a little bit like i think there was one guy that looked like he was the gimp from um pulp fiction and stuff which i'm like i mean if that's what works for you i would think it would be hot because i think that's a summer but whatever if that's your if that's your costume of choice i mean i don't know i don't know i i i like what you were saying it's with this i feel like yeah if they would have televised this all across the country and i feel like this film had like a escape from new york mixed with running man kind of thing with that because if people would have been taking bets and like trying to encourage people to do different things that i think would have been something that they would have like people that were on the island like oh i can get more money if i do this well look these people are betting on me it's like you know like feel the pressure to do that i feel like that could have been an aspect that they i don't know would have made it more interesting yeah i don't know because having the people um coming in and doing stuff and then you've got drones that are watching everyone and then i mean are we just gonna like totally spoil this whole thing yeah yeah oh yeah if you're listening to this yeah you should know you've seen it if you've listened to us (laughs) we spoil everything but we warn (laughs) so then when you have the drones start shooting up people and stuff like that in the third in like the end kind of the end of the second act i was like well (laughs) then what's the point if you're just going to take him out and to begin with? And then when you get to the end, I kind of thought, well, if you're really going to go here, why didn't you guys just have the drones, like, shoot up everybody and maybe have two or three people, you know, that actually survived and try and tell a story of what really happened on the island rather than it like, oh, everyone just went crazy and did this. Because, I mean, you still have a lot of money you have to pay those people. Like, there's a bunch of people that are still alive and then you know they obviously are very okay with what happened because they started to play a pickup game when the you know yeah crane shot lifted up and you see guys playing basketball and i i thought that totally threw me off the whole movie when that it's like wait i don't understand (laughs) you just saw everyone like there's people in a church who were just gunned down and set on fire and you, I mean, maybe that's the way you're going to deal with this. I don't know, but that totally made it like this is just, I don't know. Yeah. To me, it was just a joke at that point. <laughs> this movie's so heavy handed, <laughs> so heavy handed with its political uh, message I jump on that here. I was like, all right, if you're going to go here, get a little bit more courage. And like when those people walk into that church and slaughter innocent people that are unarmed Mm -hmm. you fucking make it real yeah that was a joke as soon as she gets there and they're like they've all been slaughtered and i was like are you fucking kidding me you're you're supposed to be making a movie that is like a brick in the face of the trump era and that's what this is yeah it is taking advantage of the time period i have no problem with a movie taking advantage of the time period even though it will be dated five years and it will feel like like it was made 20 years ago. It's going to be so dated. But if you're going to do that, grow a pair of balls or ovaries and fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Don't give me this sit in the fence going back and forth with it because that's what I felt like this was. Yeah. Th- that's that's what this was for sure. Uh, it was it was obvious. It was broad stroke mm-hmm. sort of uh, yeah. political commentary, um, which... I actually like, and I disagree with you thinking that that won't date it then because it's broad stroke. You'll be able to go and watch this movie and, you know, similarly to like the 
like seventies exploitation movies where you look back and they're obviously criticisms of the Vietnam era. Mm-hmm. That's what this is, and this is exactly what this is in my mind. Yeah. This this reason I love this movie is because I feel like this is a modern equivalent of like a seventies drive-in movie. It's got over like hammer you in the head commentary, but yeah, not diving in, not you know heady commentary. It's just like. You have lines like "pussy grabbing motherfucker" in there, and it's like, oh, I forgot about that. It's like it's just nail on the head. (laughs) It's nail on the head shit, and I think that's not going to date it. It's going to be like, oh yeah, that's one of those movies from that time, that dark period. (sighs) I don't know because I think a (laughs) lot of those '70s exploitation films do get laughed at. I mean, we enjoy watching them because they're heavy-handed, but. It's kind of like we're laughing at them, not with them. Well, I don't. <laughs> Maybe the regular people do. But those are just movies that I enjoy. So, like, I feel like I will go back to this one and really just enjoy it. Because the broad strokes and the you know, snail on the head commentary and hit you with bricks. Well, uh, like, if you look at Night of the Living Dead, 69, that's basically, even though it was black and white, it's basically a 70s exploitation mm-hmm. film on racism. Right. Mm-hmm. And look how well that one did with. Well, it's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot smarter than yeah, this movie. But they had a chance to be smart with this in certain areas. You can yeah. still be over the top and smart. I mean, George Romero did people eating other people as racism. I yeah, mean, that's kind of stupid, yeah. but yeah. awesome at the same time. I don't know. This one just is too dumb. See, I I'm all for it. I'm all for just like the broad strokes and everything like that that this movie does. Um, and like, but I will say, yeah, if they would have went in and you would have saw the slaughter of everybody, that would have uh, had you know a little more, I don't know, weight. Yeah. But the scene in the stadium with the cops has the weight. Yeah. And they cut away from it too soon. I was like, leave it for a second. Let it breathe. Yeah. Like, because that's the scene. That's the scene. That's your fucking anchor for what you're saying in these movies. When I said it was too stupid, Katie, I saw you. Like, what what was going through your mind? No, I disagree. I just feel like it was... I don't know. I just feel like it was was just dumb. I feel like they had the chance to really hit home and make it a, like, gory horror film and really like set the precedence like this is the first one this is the one that it's like like sets the stage for the rest of america like what what you guys are saying mm-hmm. well, what you were saying like showing like people just bullets flying in a church where people are there to like commune together and uh you know like sit because they're afraid of what's going on but they don't want to leave their community and then have this happen like that's what the purge is about like no place is safe like you have to make your own safety but i also feel like i feel like there was a lot that maybe they put in that because i don't know there was stuff in the third act like with skeletor and stuff that i feel like we missed with him where he's like covered in like almost like he was in a fire and stuff that i feel like maybe they filmed but then they didn't put it in and stuff and i understand they're like basically making the hood into um ancient rome and whatnot and they talk about that in the film but i don't know one thing i'll always love about the purge is that damn siren that damn siren has actually become one of those things it's almost like the that when i hear that siren i'm like oh crap yeah. Oh shit, stuff's going down. I did like in the church when the sirens first go off. It's like a ripple effect through their, you know, like they're like, oh shit, this is real. Mm-hmm. It's actually happening, even though we knew it was going to happen. But I do want to talk about did anyone feel the massive shift in the middle of this where almost the film goes, okay, the kid is not working out. Let's go to the drug kingpin as the lead man. Yeah. And, and then they're like, okay, Skeletor's not enough of a, of a bad guy, so we'll stab him in the back and then not see him for, like, the rest of the movie until the end. And now we'll go to all these mercenaries dressed up as KKK and cops and SS troops. And to me, I was like, Skeletor, you spent time setting up a baddie that we could hate. Now you shift to the other baddies that we don't know, and I feel felt like are just like flat because I'm not cheering against them. Now I'm rolling my eyes and I felt like the crowd, I can feel the shift in the crowd too. Now a lot of them were younger. So 
they just want to see bang, bang, boom, boom. And I understand that completely. I remember summer in high school, but <laughs> the rest of the crowd, the adults, you could probably hear the groan because it's just like, we're doing this. Yeah. So a lot of them probably wanted to escape the bullshit on the news. And then they come to this film, which, by the way, don't come to a Purge movie for trying to escape social commentary and stuff. But maybe they don't know that because they're working their jobs. <laughs> they don't watch movies constantly like us. <laughs> or, Which... the, or the Wasp is sold out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have to go into this movie with their family. You know, hey, there's that too. Oh, side note. I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> well, okay, let's finish the movie first. Oh. So we get into this... It's all set up. They throw Marissa Tomei's character away, literally into literally. the street. Literally. <laughs> literally away. Which... I laughed, by the way. I go, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> there was one thing about that, though, that, I mean, it had to have been her. However, she did have her assistant that was there, and it was almost... I don't know. I almost thought it was too convenient that they just see her with the wig and stuff, mm-hmm. and then... They shoot her up, and I almost was thinking, was like, well, what if maybe someone just, you know, put a blonde wig on, and it actually isn't her, and she's got, you know, she'll come back in a movie, and that'll be her way. It's like, I can fix this, you know, maybe. my poor assistant. Maybe you know, why she's, she's in, in yeah. this movie, yes, so she can come back and carry the next one. Which, exactly, that's what I was thinking, like, come on, man, you won an Oscar. Like, yeah. you've been nominated since then, too. I know there's got to be something more than this. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that, too, because they show the back of her head from a faraway right. shot. Yes. It, might, it might be. I was yeah, like, did Marissa be. Tomei just walk off set like, I don't need a close-up for my death, goodbye, or is <laughs> it this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping it's that and not the, fuck it, just give me my paycheck. Which it could be that. It could. So we. Sh- so well, before you go yeah. any further, I, I was just going to say, I actually kind of, again, like this is just me uh, being opposite of everybody here, but like <laughs> I like the bait and switch. I like the fact that you think it's going to follow this kid around and then you get Skeletor. And then, but then it's like saying like, okay, we've got this cartoony, uh, crazy villain that you you love watching but it's like here here's like the real villain it's like come on nazis and kkk it's like these are real bad guys not just some crazy guy that likes killing people like the real bad guys are then you can't spend that much time on skeletor i i just i feel like you shifted the audience so much in the middle back though they bring him. That's why. Two seconds. No, I know, but still, that's. <laughs> and that's the. It just felt weird when they brought him back because I felt like, like, did we miss something that he had gone through? Like, is Probably. there a side story or something? But then, yeah. look at the little old ladies who are the um, custodians that they, like, oh, people make fun of us all the time. Yeah, we'll purge, and they do that sequence with them with like the stuffed animals, and then um, the kid runs through them, and they're laughing and stuff like that. And I was like. I just thought that was kind of a, I don't know, a waste because I felt like they maybe should have gone back to them, like, like seeing them killed or yeah. whatever. Like, I don't know if there's closure on their characters or whatnot, but it well, just... yeah. For a 90-minute film, this feels very um, confusing and convoluted and just overstuffed. And it's yeah. only 90 minutes. That's what kind of blew my mind with it. Because when we finally get to the drug kingpin, and that's all I'm going to call him, because this character irritates me a little bit, where they make him, especially Dolores at the end, she had kept it real all the time. And she's like, move out of the way. King's coming through. Savior of Staten Island. And I'm like, yeah, but he's the guy that helped create this awful place. He's slinging drugs with all these kids on the side. And then he's like doing this whole bullshit mafia thing where he's like, I put food in your mouth. Why don't you respect me? Where's my loyalty? You know, like his character is real. So that I appreciated. But then making him the like hero at the end, I was like, what? Well, he grows and learns. How do we know that? <laughs> because of Naya. He want, no, he, she's going to talk sense into So it. he's just going to stop slinging drugs. He's going to give up all that power. Well, it. I mean, then it takes. Then it goes to the argument of, like, did, did the government put the drugs in the community type thing? Is um, it one of those situations where it's like, maybe. do you have that argument then? You know, I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I just like it because it's fine. a trashy movie. That's why I like it. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to make an argument here for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, at the very end, when they finally kill all the baddies in what turns into the raid at the very end, because all the SS troops, yeah, when the guy when the guy takes off the mask and he's kind of like weird 
kind of... It looks like Charlton Heston, which I yeah. think is on purpose. Is he, it? He yeah. did. Oh. It's, it's Nazi yeah. Charlton Heston. I was yeah. just like... <laughs> okay, I'll kind of give that a slow clap now. I didn't even think about that. That's Nazi, funny. Nazi Charlton Heston, also known as just Charlton Heston. Um, anyway... <laughs> I, I kind of wish this movie was more of a raid movie the whole time. Like, they were running away from Skeletor and a bunch of, like, Nazis, but they would have set both of them up. That would have been fun. Because mm. yeah. then you kind of would have returned to the roots of, like, a home invasion, but instead of just one home, it's, you know, like this, I don't know, entire house of, like, low-budget people. Like, that would have been awesome. Let's rewrite this script right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like they had all these ideas, and that's why they were like, well, put that in at the end, and then we'll we'll do, like, the regular person at the beginning. And, yeah, I feel like it was they had all these ideas. All right, put them all together. We'll see what happens. <laughs> One thing that I thought was kind of a waste of time, since basically this could have happened um, with or without the purge, is that whole scene with Dimitri and the two girls and then the guy who... Uh, Dimitri had um, insulted, and he was the one who was like, "You put, I put food on your table and all mm-hmm. stuff." To have the two girls try and kill Dimitri, and like, no offense, you could have done that. Whether it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, it didn't have to be the purge. I felt like having that be the purge, and then Dimitri killing that guy anyway. I mean, that didn't seem like that was anything to do with. That didn't have anything to do with the purge. That would have just happened. It's like, and yeah. I felt like if they had taken that whole section out that could have been more I don't know like plot twists or storylines for something else because I didn't really see that elevating the or progressing the story along or anything like that and that to me didn't make it seem like oh well this is total purge so I can just do this like well no because you would have I feel like that just would have happened yeah. like any other day like you smack some guy in the head and try to pull a you know Michael Corey Cleone on him so we just did a veto on you. Um, but I don't know. That's just me. I like Dimitri. I do think it's funny, though, that when Dolores calls him the savior of Staten Island, because like you said with the raid, they were on the 14th floor. That means there's 14 floors of people that were killed before Dimitri got to him. So you didn't save that many people. Yeah, this is... The movie doesn't, at the end, kind of, like, give you the, like, depth of how many people are dead in yeah. Staten Island. A lot yeah. of dead lots. people. So, I, you know, so I can see how they were like, oh, The Purge was a super success. But you're you're telling me this is going to work out where these people won't know they're mercenaries? Because who's going to, one, collect all these dead bodies? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, these people are going to have to really tighten these bootstraps, you know, and then pick up a lot of dead bodies because that place is going to stink. Well, that's going to create jobs, though, Stephen. And, yes. you know, maybe yeah. that's the point of the purge. It's like, you know, someone's got to um, put together these places that were looted and someone's got to um, pick up all these bodies and clean them up. Like, I yeah. mean, those jobs don't just come along. So what you're saying is you want to purge. <laughs> I wanted to purge so bad during this film and after this film because of the people that were in the theater with me. I've never wanted to purge so much in my entire life. And I actually wanted to do that before the movie even started when um, people were just, I don't know, people can talk and stuff like that before a movie. But when you are very loud and honestly don't take a breath, and then don't let the person next to you speak when they're trying to speak and you're like vehemently talking over them throughout that time. I just wanted the movie to start. And then when that person that I felt sorry for that you weren't allowed to speak, then when they start talking very loudly, I'm like, I just want to throw a grenade in this place and let the purge begin. Man, I, I can't, I can't go to the free screenings anymore. <laughs> it's, I kind of want you guys to bring me to a free screening because I, I, I want to experience this. It's got to be like a horror movie. It's well, always got to be like a, like oh. a for the masses movie. If you want to go next Thursday, I actually have one next Thursday. If you want to go, is it a horror movie? Yeah. Ooh, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it. Just experience yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I, I don't know if you were there for this one because I don't think we knew each other then, but Don't Breathe had a screening where like a fight almost broke out. Were you at that? Is that the one where the guy um, tried to crack jokes? Yes. And then someone said, shut up. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to, um, like, there's going to be two dead bodies like, yeah. on the screen, one in here if you ever tell me to shut up. Again. Yes. And I'm like, 
Yes. God. I was at that screen. Yes. Oh, then we were at that screen. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. And that guy actually got booted out. It's like, I was just, where the guy who got threatened, and I'm glad he did. He stood up. It's like, someone just threatened my life in a th- um, free screening. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Not quietly. No, like, not quietly at all. That was my last free screening. I was like, I'm not dealing with this. Because it was wow. like, it's like that all the time. Like for the, you know, not for like the like art movies, but like for the Hollywood movies. So it's like that every time. You don't think the free screening on Hereditary was like that? <laughs> well, it might have been because it was a horror movie still. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think people were fucking leveled by that movie, but we'll discuss that another week. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it, it's it's hard. But then at the same time, yeah. like yeah. Uh, I, I think I mentioned it in another podcast, like I had to see The Strangers 2 twice because people kept bringing children into <gasps> both of the screenings I went to. Wow. And they're in the first one were babies and they act well toddlers, they were walking, but like they acted like <laughs> they acted like toddlers throughout the movie and I couldn't blame that's them. What toddlers, because that's do. what toddlers do, so I couldn't blame the kids, but I was absolutely mad at the parents and just ruined my experience of another movie I really liked. And then I had to go back and see it, and there were more fucking kids there. So I mean it's not just free screenings. It's it happens with all the Hollywood movies. You can't help it. Well, <laughs> like, it happens even in the paid screenings because uh, I discussed this off the air, but when I went to watch this, Wasp, or Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, were sold out. So this family, five, three kids, mom, dad, you know, the dad's like, well, what's next? And they're like, uh, the first purge, but it's not for children. And without hesitation, he just goes, give me five. And I was like, what? And there was there was probably at least five or six little children, like six or seven or younger. And like to me, really, is that what you want your kids exposed to this right now? Like I want if I ever have kids, I would love to show them horror movies, but like not The Purge. (laughs) No, No, like Monster Squad. Yeah, like The Purge is like crash course. Like I want to slow and steady, but like oh man, yeah, it's crazy. And there were kids in mine too. There were absolutely children in mine. He's into it. There were children in my screen. I can't figure it out. One thing, and I wish they would do, because this one, the one time they did this, honestly, it was a huge difference. They always, huge difference. They always, you know, say, it's like, all right, if we see a phone, you know, a global phone, we're going to kick you out and all that stuff. And we see this, we're mm-hmm. going to, um, it's like the, one of the ones that I went to, they said, it's like, all right, if we see your phone, we're going to kick you out. Um, if we see, if you're talking, we're going to kick you out and you're going to have to pay a fine. That's saying you're going to have to pay a fine, saying you're going to have to pay because you won't shut your damn mouth or check your phone later and all that stuff. That saying you're gonna have to pay a fine, that shut that theater up, and that was one of the best free screenings I've been to. I mean, are no. they gonna make them do it? Probably not. Have I ever, ever seen them kick someone out because of a phone? No, I haven't. But it's still the fact that, I mean, I'm glad, it, you know, stop talking and don't look at your phone. But it's the fact that not only will you get kicked out, but you're gonna have to pay a damn fine. That is what sells at home. Because, I mean, I hate that. I mean, my time is valuable. And even though I'm not paying for the movie, like this time is what is being paid. And when people like talk and don't respect just their fellow people and, you know, just think it's their living room and all that stuff, then that's what makes me mad. Yeah, I understand. It's true. Uh, So to, to wrap up. That was a good side tangent, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's good. It's good. We're like, we're talking. We do this when we veer off in VHS yeah. and we talk about VHS things. Now we're talking about an in theater movie. We got to talk about theater etiquette here yeah. because, like, well, as movie I, fans, you're killing us, everybody. <laughs> I see a lot of YouTube uh, reviewers talk about in theater etiquette, yeah. and I, I, I mean, they probably watched a lot of it too with free screenings, like you two do. With you know, you have to write. Matt for Horror Society and Katie, you do Blonde in Front, and which will allow you at the end you can talk all about it. Yeah, we've oh, got we've yes. got questions yeah. for you. Eventually. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I I find it interesting because there are a lot of people, and when people check their phone, and I find it the worst in my experience so far when there's only like ten people in a theater, and I happen to get like I like to go in the back row, which I think is funny at the front row, um, <laughs> but just and maybe. 
I shouldn't because I can see people constantly getting on their phone and they like, it seems like they hold it above their head. Like they just want to annoy me. That's why I sit in front now. I yeah. can't do it because people will pull out their phones. Constantly. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so let's, let's in this film, Katie, do you suggest the first purge, AKA the purge prequel? <laughs> I do not. If you are desperate to see a horror film, Hereditary is still out there. I know you probably got a good two weeks before Unfriended Dark Web comes out, uh, which I'm going to be seeing next Thursday. But if you are desperate for a horror film and want to get out of the heat and in a nice AC um, conditioned theater, then yeah, see it. Otherwise, no, I'd say don't. I honestly think this may be the weakest one out of all the purges. Okay. Is it even a rental in your mind? Yeah. Actually, because Dolores is funny. And like I said, I li- I really liked Dimitri and all that stuff. And again, it's like half great scenes, half just messy, sloppy scenes. So that's why it's like, I just felt like the director just said, here, just take this. I don't want to do it anymore. And then some <laughs> scenes like, let's do this. Um, so yeah, maybe rental. All right, Matt, do you suggest? I I really like this movie. I don't know who I'm recommending this to. I don't know who this is for besides maybe just me. Um, but, like, I love the, the drive-in aesthetic, the, uh, you know, over beat-you-over-the-head political commentary. Uh, obviously, it's stuff I agree with, so I obviously like it. But usually, it's actually, I'll, I'll do this side note. Whether I agree with something or not, and if something is presented heavy-handed, I usually don't like it, actually, even if I agree with it. But this is the rare case where it worked for me. I was like, oh, yeah, probably because it was in the guise of a violent horror movie or something like that. But it, it worked for me. And I, you know, I liked it. It remind The first half reminded me of, like, I keep saying it, but, like, 90s urban thrillers. It reminded me of, like, a Tales from the Hood or, like, an Ernest Dickerson movie from the 90s. That's what the first half reminded me of. Then the second half was just, like in your face this is what we're fucking dealing with today (laughs) and like and the purge has always sort of been at least with the two that i've seen ahead of its time sort of thinking and now we're finally fucking caught up Mm -hmm. to what like the purge has predicted so i felt like it was actually kind of satisfying to see it portrayed on screen not that i'm happy with the way things are going now but just like seeing it in a horror movie is like yeah and i hope that people that maybe disagree with the message get suckered into seeing this movie and have to leave pissed off. And that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Katie more on this. I, I do think this is probably the weakest purge. Well, actually, no. I think the third one's the weakest, in my opinion, because I just don't remember it, even though I've seen it. This one I'll remember, but I don't think it's good. I don't. I certainly don't think you should drive all the way to the theater put up possibly with shitty uh, <laughs> other compatriots uh, of the theater. But it's a rental for Dolores and the lead uh, man, Dimitri, has great screen presence yes. and is ripped. Like yes. when he was jogging on that yeah. treadmill, I was like, damn, dog! Yeah. yeah. Well, he, yeah, he had the same effect as like uh, Naya did on me where I like couldn't take my eyes off of him. And he was just cool the whole time. And I was like, God, fuck, he's Good leads for me. <laughs> I thought he's fine. I, I wish his character had more charisma, and I don't. Oh, I thought he was oozing it. Oh yeah. I, I see. No, I thought he had great screen presence. Like when I think of charisma, I think of Will Smith. Like not only do I want to watch Will Smith, I want to hang out with Will Smith. I want to have a beer with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I want to write a rap song with Will Smith. <laughs> like I want to do everything with. I want to be Will Smith. I don't want to be Dimitri. <laughs> I just want to watch him. Gotcha. So there, I mean, I guess that's how I define it other people I'm sure to find it anyway so I, I'm in love with Will Smith I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's okay how about this if you get a chance to hang out with Dimitri I will step in for you oh yeah I would definitely hang out with Dimitri I would hang out with him I mean, I mean well but... you can hang I would hang out with him yeah. if you want to hang out with Will Smith I'll hang out <laughs> okay with that actor I think his name um Milan Noel or something like that yeah yes he just mm, that was <laughs> that was very as yes as finally a woman on this show yes. who oozes over the men as much as Matt and I or at least me <laughs> the female audience yes that was some nice that was some nice stuff to see that was some nice eye but, candy yes yeah. it was and yes, then they covered was. him up a lot the rest of the movie they did, did and yeah. then he went into that Rambo mode in the third act where it's like 
pants and you know bullets and white like tanks and there are those guns oh and i mean and there are his other guns um yeah those arms were whew, like a crush crush a walnut um yeah he was he was fine so i'll hang out with dimitri yeah I'm not trying to insult that he didn't have charisma. I'm just saying, like, I don't think they gave him a lot of the really good lines that could make him a little bit more charismatic. Because, obviously, his screen presence was there. Because when he was on camera, he controlled the entire scene. No doubt. Uh, even when he throws a mattress over his, his body and protects himself from a bomb. Or whatever, an explosion. I was like, oh, well, it's not quite Indiana Jones surviving an atomic bomb through a fridge maybe this one's possible i just that's immediately what i think about in those scenes now thanks a lot fucking indiana jones <laughs> and that's not that's not harrison ford's fault uh anyway side tangent over rant <laughs> done let's talk about another film we watched irrational fear <laughs> i know we haven't been as close as we used to be but that's part of the reason that I want you to come. I want to make up for it. I just don't think it's going to help, you know? Dr. Sanders is more than just some teacher trying to help. I understand you spoke with Zach. Just mentioned this weekend and the whole therapy experience or whatever. I think it would do you some good, Taylor. Everyone has irrational fears, but at the end of the day, that's all they are. Fears. We're all here for one purpose. To find our true potential without irrational fears holding us back. Fear of physical contact is very common. But you can't let it control you. to be afraid of. And we, <laughs> I, I think I think there's an actor in this film in this room. What? There is. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I just got done watching this uh, oh, yeah. right before you came over, so that was fun. <laughs> I uh, yelled at the camera, or I yelled at the movie a lot in this. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> like, don't you put that pudding in your mouth! No, you did it! <laughs> Can I say whoever made the poster on this is amazing? I know, right? It's really good. Different yeah. pills and stuff. <laughs> I love it. It's like Dr. Mario from my Game Boy days. I know. I love it. Did you guys do this in Wisconsin? Yes, we filmed that in Wisconsin in June of 2017. June, I believe June 12th through the 22nd or 23rd. Oh man, you just lost our audience with math. Oh. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, what? What is, for those who don't know, what is Irrational Fear? What is the movie? So Irrational Fear tells a story of seven strangers who picked a go to log cabin and confront their fears kind of like the real world in a horror movie which is kind of like the real world on mtv and they yeah they're in have a doctor named dr dr sanders who uh wants to take everybody up to this cabin have a little retreat uh, confront their fears and go from there and when they you know have some good results and then all of a sudden um the people start missing and dying and yeah, that it's not um, a good time anymore. How did you get into this film? I met one of the producers. Well, one of the producers is was a friend of um, friends of mine. And then we became friends on Facebook. And he uh, put up an audition post like, hey, you know, we're looking for these things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to audition. And I auditioned. And then I got the call from the director 
And I only had the monologue. I didn't know what the rest of the movie was like. I didn't know if they're kind of crazy nudity or anything like that. I'm like, let's see what happens, 2017. Um, and, <laughs> and then um, he gave me the full script. And I, yeah, I took the time off and did it. Yeah. How long was the actual shoot? They, I got there on the 13th, and I think I filmed... I got there on the 12th and I think I filmed from the 13th through the 22nd. And I like, once I got on, once I got there to Wisconsin, I filmed every single day, but one day. All right. Nice. Would you do it all over again? Another movie? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Cause you're really good in this. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, cause Matt said you steal the show in the film yeah. and I was like, okay, so I just put in the film. What's I watched the trailer to it. I sort of knew what it was about, and then I was like, whoa, holy shit, <laughs> you do steal the show. I'm like, was that on purpose, or did you just walk in? They're like, hey, Katie, yeah, we're just going to make you, like, the star. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. Because you're the and. Yeah. 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 That's, like, a big deal. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I did it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, yeah, the and introducing and yeah. stuff like that because he told me that when he says like yeah you know we want you know this is going to be your first film because it's my I've done background work in different movies in Chicago and mm -hmm. stuff and this is my first talkie so when I was like wow you know that's great this is going to be my first film he's like yeah you know we want to do an and introducing you and I'm like really <laughs> okay then yes I will do this film very much so <laughs> how much uh, fake booze did you drink in this I drank lots they fake booze yes <laughs> and then a lot of real booze um, <laughs> you know uh, the director's grandmother and grandfather uh, it's their it's their cabin and stuff and they were great they were always on set it's like they were like having your real grandma and grandpa was like, we just saw you. You did such a good job. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and they would always go and get food for us and stuff like that. And I had my princess pizza and they made sure to get me juice to put in my little flask and stuff like that. So I had a lot of, what is it? Mango, pineapple, orange juice that I drank a lot in that flask. I had to make it real. And then I had some water just to even it out because, you know, Helen would get dehydrated. But, um, <laughs> which I did that in the gazebo scene. I had a big old thing of water in the gazebo scene. When you you we we just did a screen of yeah. this uh, a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And you had mentioned at that that uh, the flask was just falling apart. There, or not not functional. <laughs> no, it, there's a big thing on the flask of like a skull, and like I'm not even halfway through filming, like the skull just popped off. <laughs> Just so then we use like duct tape and like try to put glue, but I also have stuff in there. So that, I mean, that is an essential part of what I do every, in a good chunk of like my first scenes of the film. I'm like, I have that flask. I'm like, we have to make sure this looks okay because otherwise. Yeah, she's yeah. a drinker. I mean, I'm a drinker, yeah. but that doesn't mean I'm sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's got to... Take care of your flask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I take care of my stuff. <laughs> if you were a cop, you take care of your gun. If you're a drinker, you take care of your flask. Yes. That's just yes. how it is. Your tools are important. <laughs> yeah. No, but this was an amazing... It was an amazing set, and it was just very collaborative. Like, we rehearsed daily. We you know, talked about each scene, what made it feel comfortable. I mean, Hunter and Kevin were very open to like, you know, adding stuff and then they would like take out stuff and like, yeah, let's not do that. It's like, let's do this. It's like, okay. And we tried out different things and we did that all without really any bloopers. Like there aren't really, and even, you know, Hunter said, it's like, I don't have any bloopers, you guys, because you just nailed it every single time. It's like, crap. <laughs> Well, yeah, so this was more of like a, he just like a couple cuts and then done. Just goes with the natural feel. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, it, and it comes it comes across really well. So this movie has been tearing up festival circuits and selling out of copies uh, of, on their site and everything like that. Yes, I have number 51 of 200. 
Nice. Has has this like led to more conversations about you being in more stuff, or what's what's happening with you in the future of acting? There are definitely conversations about um, being in more things. I know uh, there's a possible movie with a director who's also has his film on the festival circuit right now about doing something in Texas next year. I'm actually going to audition for a film this coming up weekend. I need to uh, get the audition for that. And then um, a few other shorts and stuff. I know in the movie uh, Gags that just had its world premiere in Cinepocalypse, I have a little four second scene on television put them in there and I got to see myself on the big screen and stuff like that so I'm in that and I'm really excited for that film because that is it's great those guys are fantastic and then um, another film that I worked on uh, Skeletons in the Closet is going to be coming out oh and we're doing we're doing a world premiere then yeah <laughs> and I'm excited for you guys to see I didn't know you were involved in that that's I, awesome I, I can see your brain like, like oh. click you're like wait a minute yeah. I know the title <laughs> showing it you may not see me but you may hear me and then I worked on um, behind the scenes stuff um, on that film and I'm really excited about that because those guys are great too I was very fortunate to be involved with a lot of fantastic people who are doing really great things and i hope to be involved with them in the future too and uh, if anyone is interested in buying this film you can get it at i think slasherstudios.com mm-hmm. and maybe lahorror.com yes I yes believe so, yeah. okay and then uh i don't know I'll, I'll see if i can get one of the stars here to actually sign this later on maybe. <laughs> if i bump into her maybe. <laughs> uh, we, we were going to ask you about blonde in front how is that going how how is you know it seems like it's evolving it's growing yes actually i'm very excited i just hit my 500 the 500 mark actually yesterday which um, 500 likes and over 515 follows, which I'm excited about. I know it's very still in its infant stage and stuff like that, but I'm talking to some people about um, marketing aspects and stuff with shirts and different things like that, hats, pins, shot glasses, lipsticks, and yeah, I'm doing uh, different festivals with that. I'm going to Telluride Horror Show in October, which I'm very, very excited about. And then a few other festivals um, coming up I'm in talks to. And I'm going to be, uh, yeah, continue writing for uh, World of Death for the horror shorts and um, possibly doing some stuff with uh, Bloody Disgusting and um, movie reviews, like the full feature movie reviews. We're going to try that out. This is something that Matt and I talk about off air all the time. So do you have a time machine? How do you do all this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, people ask me that all the time. I don't get much sleep. When, like, when I was, when Cinepocalypse was here at the Music Box, it opened on the 21st. I went to that and um, I went to the opening night. I talked to everybody and then I went to sleep, got up, went to Days of the Dead, Indianapolis, got maybe four hours each night for that, then came back to Cinepocalypse, did four films that Monday to that Sunday to uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And each one of those nights, I maybe got three hours of sleep. And I still need to post a lot of stuff, but I try and post like every time I'm at the theater and then you know, give a little synopsis or what I thought of it after that. But okay. I'm definitely behind. Could I have be posting a lot more? Yeah, I could. And, you know, writing a lot more. But it's just taking the time and just going out there. Because if you don't do this stuff, it's you're not going to get the chance. Like, I'm happy I got to see a pre-screening of Sorry to Bother You. But I'm really disappointed that I missed the actual killer clown in Killer Clowns from Outer Space at music box and those are kind of things like you have to pick and choose but you can try and do both and i tried and i got to see the rest of the movie on the big screen which is great you almost need a little helper that could like walk around with a sign that has your face on it so they could take pictures and then pretend to be you (laughs) i would love that or just organize my stuff and just post the pictures and i write little things and all that stuff you know write what this was and all that but 
still, you do quite a bit. And it's kind of amazing because Matt and I ta- have talked about it a couple times where it's just like, <laughs> I think she like duplicates herself. <laughs> Well, and I have a day job where I go to, I'm supposed to be, I'm at work before seven every day. And then I work till 4.30 or 5. And then usually, I mean, there have been some weeks where I, you know, go to work and then I've got a pre-screening like every single night that week. Holy moly. Wow. Yeah. But then you have the weekends where you just like collapse and. Um, <laughs> and you sleep for like 12 hours. Yes. Yeah. I sleep for 12 hours. Well, you need it. Uh, you need to catch up. Matt, do you want to? Talk about uh, your booth that you got. Oh, yeah. I'll be at Flashback Weekend now. Um, I'll be selling all my shit. So please come empty out my house for me, please. (laughs) Flashback Weekend is August uh, 3rd through 5th. And that's in Rosemont, Illinois? It's in Rosemont. So if you're local, come check it out. It's cool. It's a cool convention. I really like it. But uh, I'll be there. Please help me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as long as you're not desperate. (laughs) I am. (laughs) All right. That will end this week. Come back next week when we will be doing American Nightmare. You'll notice that we put this out before American Nightmare. We're supposed to go the other way around. But Matt and I are not good at planning. So, (laughs) wah, wah. Yeah. We're, we're, we still do the podcast every week, guys, so at least give us credit for that. We may just not get the order right every time. <laughs> Y'all, what are we, like, mathematical titians? <laughs> can't do this. Scheduling hard. So, yeah, right. if you listened last week and we teased American Nightmare and you were really excited that that was going to come out, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Got to do your Canadian because right. it is Canadian. All right, remember to uh, rate and review us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, I don't know, all those. There's so many out there now. And like the Facebook page. Also like the Blonde in Front uh, Facebook page. And watch Irrational Fear. And maybe purge if you have a chance. (laughs) Anything else you need to plug, Katie? Um, Actually, yeah, I uh, am going to be doing, I think, a monthly... Uh, podcast for Radio Horror. Actually, I am going to be starting my own podcast sometime soon, and that will be in the works, because I'll be doing that with another female film critic. Sweet. Nice. I always like to hear the female perspective on it, because usually it's just Matt and I, like, bouncing our... <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> we like blood. <laughs> and uh, if you guys would ever like me back on here, I would oh, love it, because yeah. you guys are fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely have you back for yeah, sure. Yeah, we love it. Um, maybe, maybe for a lot of the in theater stuff. We also got to have you back for VHS stuff because we didn't even mention this. You are a VHS person. Oh, I'm a huge VHS person. I have a quite a sizable collection that I love, and I love watching them. I think they um, still stand a test of time. Do you have a Howard the Duck VHS? I do not. Oh, man, you need one of those because that's when you officially have, like, entered a realm of what the hell's wrong with you. And then <laughs> then, and then you're right here with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, come back for any VHS. Uh, we'll, we'll give you a list. And we had a lot of fun. So, later. Bye. See you, guys. I feel like they missed the mark on that. And I just feel like they had a good chance. And they did have enough money that they could have, um, that they really could have done it. Barf! Just... <laughs> Why is she barking? Someone must be in the... Alright, go ahead and finish this. Oh, yeah. But I also... <laughs> 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 <laughs>